Ancient Mythos Podcast, Episode 4, Segment. Welcome, scholars of ancient legends, tales, gods, goddesses, heroes, and creatures to the Ancient Mythos Podcast. My name is Kelly Vislaki, and I will be your humble guide as we explore various mythologies from around the world. This week on the podcast, we're turning our attention to the land of the Nile and one of popular myth from ancient Egypt, the myth of Sekhmet. Please note, myths often have multiple versions or tellings, and I may note the differences between tellings, but often there are just too many of them out there, or I'm just not aware of what another version is. If you know a different version of a myth, please feel free to comment and let me know. I always find it interesting to see what versions people have heard. And as always, I'm going to go ahead and apologize if I mess up any pronunciations going forward. I do practice ahead of time, but as I struggle often with English words, sometimes older ancient languages can be a little tricky. But before we dive into the myth itself, there's something that you need to understand about Egypt in order to kind of understand where the myth starts. And that's Egypt uh, by itself as a civilization is crazy ancient, like thousands and thousands of years ancient. To put it into perspective, the pyramids of Giza, which were constructed during the age of the Old Kingdom, were older to Cleopatra, the last pharaoh of Egypt, than Cleopatra is to us. That's just how ancient. The pyramids of Giza weren't even the literal start of the empire. And that's still a huge gap. We're not even as far away from Cleopatra as she is from the pyramids. And that's not even the start of Egypt. That's how old Egypt is. And as Egypt, the civilization, aged and changed, so did its religion, mythology, and the gods along with them. And that's kind of the trigger point for our story. So as we zoom in on the start of the myth, Ra, the ruler of the gods, has actually grown quite old at this point. And he's even gone a little bit senile, depending on which version you read. As a result, humans stop worshiping him, and in some cases might even take up worshiping another deity completely. Ra, becoming so enraged by this, actually plucks out his eye and uses it to create Sekhmet, which is a goddess who is fully the embodiment of Ra's wrath and takes the form of a lion. Ra then sends her down to punish humanity, and she actually does very well at this, to put it one way. She completely lays waste to Egypt, destroying everything in her path, killing every human she could find, and devouring the blood of those she kills. The remaining humans that, you know, <laughs> Sekhmet can't find, then beg Ra for his forgiveness and ask him to stop her. Ra, seeing the extent of the destruction that Sekhmet has caused, actually does begin to feel a little guilty since he was the one who sent her. And so he goes down to Sekhmet and tells her to stand down. Surprisingly, Sekhmet actually refuses Ra, ruler of the gods of Egypt. You see, Sekhmet, as the embodiment of Ra's wrath at the time that he created her, it's just her bloodlust is too much and it can't be sated and so she refuses him and continues laying waste to the land. Now seeing that just ordering her to stop wasn't working, Ra and the other gods have to get creative. 
Now, the myths vary on kind of what they use, but basically they create a mixture of beer and some type of juice, like pomegranate juice or something else, to stain the beer red and make it look like blood. They then either leave it in jugs out for Sekman to find, or they pour it all over the ground to look like blood that's been crashed over the ground. Sekhmet finds this mixture and, of course, consumes it right away, very happy to make sure she gets all the blood of her enemies. And while Sekhmet is a goddess of war, it turns out she is not a goddess of beer because she's not able to handle her liquor. And immediately after consuming the mixture, she falls dead asleep. While she sleeps, Ra separates out some of her essence and uses it to create another goddess, Hathor. This actually has the effect of calming Sekhmet down a bit. When she wakes up, she's still a terrifying warrior goddess, but her bloodlust no longer overwhelms her, and she's able to kind of more mit out justice at Ra's command or on those that really deserve it and not just, you know, lay waste to everything in sight. Sekhmet then goes on to be part of the Egyptian pantheon. She becomes a goddess of war, plague, chaos, and of course, a defender of the sun god himself. And Ra, of course, the humans go back to worshiping Ra and thanks for him stopping Sekhmet and for mitigating the fact that he's the one who sent her in the first place. And I do think one of my favorite things about this myth, and why it's one of my old favorites from Egypt, is that the immediate solution to calming a rampaging lion goddess was to get her blackout drunk. <laughs> and I think that's just the, I don't know, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Ancient Mythos Podcasts. To get notifications of new episodes when they're released, please subscribe on Substack, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. For more mythological content, check out my publication, Ancient Mythos, on Substack. Don't forget to check out my website, kellywaslocky.com, and follow me on social media. Thank you guys so much for your support, and I'll catch you next time. Ancient Mythos Podcast, Episode 4, Sekhmet.